0: Welcome to deep thrones pod midweek mayhem midweek mayhem this is season one episode nine the green council I have, of course i'm sims my partner she's here what's up Sheets?
1: hey chris how you doing man
0: hey i'm doing fantastic and we've got friend of the pod longtime friend uh former Sam rita man curtis jackson here with us what's
2: up curtis thank you guys thank you chris thank you john team black all
1: day Let's do, do it. Like, so, oh, well, whoever, I'm actually whoever. Team Greens. I'm Team Greens. <laughs> yes, yes. For the record. So,
0: uh, Curtis, thanks for joining us. Uh, we'd like to start off with just having our guests tell us a little bit about our Thrones journey thus far. So, where are you at? Are you a book reader, show watcher?
2: Tell us about your path. Um. Well, I didn't read the books. Uh, I'm not going to lie. I jumped on originally kind of the bandwagon quest. Um, it was really interesting. I, I didn't have much to watch, um, going back and forth with old shows on HBO and a lot of people that know me, Chris, you know, you met some of the people I went to school with huge fan into Lord of the Rings. So I said, I've got to give Thrones a chance. And let me tell you, after one episode fell in love. Nice. You know? So <laughs> it was, yeah, I, Binge watched the heck out of that. I probably was at that year. Probably I hopped in the game around season six.
1: That's, so, a, good se- that's a good season to get into too.
2: Yeah, a good season. But like you guys said, uh, some of the things why I appreciate the podcast. You know, when you rewatch things, especially uh, House of Dragon, spent a lot of time rewatching pretty much the whole eight seasons of Game of Thrones. One through four were the best. You yeah. know, 68 eight was like, come on.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we, we hear that a lot. Um, so what do you think of House of the Dragon so far? I mean, we're we're pretty much at the finale now. Do
2: you, are you loving it? Where are you at? So far? I'm loving it. You know, uh I'll share some things, you know, uh in our text group. Uh I did mention after season um, I'm sorry, episode nine, I I, I really appreciate Team Green i i want to i want to ride for them but still at the end of the day just the character building of team black you know i just don't i don't trust Otto, i don't trust him
1: that's i i appreciate your viewpoint on that but i feel like you're gonna want to trust him from now on (laughs) so go ahead and do that
2: at this point you know if i was his daughter i would hope so at this point yes they're 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 all in the bets all in um
1: they kind of have no choice right now it's like the gauntlet's been thrown yeah and
2: it's 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 funny to me because you know the way they're writing it right now is just like like you said just amazing acting like i feel like do they show up too? kind of like some of these other acclaimed shows where you know a lot of times you hear things like harry potter that the actors were left in the dark i really feel that too that it, it builds, I think it builds for them too, and why they're yeah. they're able to do such a great job, Definitely. especially this cast.
1: Scale of one to ten, what would you have given last episode?
2: Uh, you know it's my first time on. Hopefully, I'll be back on. I want I want to stay within the mix. Uh, I would probably say an eight point five. Nice. And, I, I, and I guess a little a little background. I would probably say each episode hasn't gone below a six and i'll probably say they average about a seven or an eight
1: yeah i think that's pretty pretty similar to what me and chris have said for sure definitely
2: yeah we saw like some 9.4s and stuff
0: on online so it, it, this this one was a very good episode according to most that have watched now we we had another question for you before we really get into the to the meat and potatoes of this episode here last episode of Dethrones thrones pod we went over what our favorite Halloween candies were.
1: Oh my god! And, and
0: we've, been, <laughs> we've been getting some uh, some lashback on that. <laughs> and I don't really understand it, but you know,
1: it wasn't even like did, it wasn't even like people were like, "Hey, I kind of disagree with." People are mad. People are mad at us.
0: <laughs> so. With that being said, what is your Mount Rushmore top four Halloween candies?
2: <sighs> this this might be tough. You guys might might give me the Lord, the Lord, Laura's uh, like kind of shade uh, up there. I've always was a weird kid. You guys might have peeped it in high school. Um, almonds. I love the almond joys. I, I love. Almond them. Joys. <laughs> With the top-
0: number one pick. Yes. I think, <laughs> yes, <laughs> I think what we're
1: realizing boy. is that everyone's candy choices are just their own. You know, it, it, it for real. There's,
2: you know, growing up as a kid. Um, I really would like to dive deep into that to see how the different regions are to people from the East Coast and West Coast. But for us, when we were little, we're all about thirty. Nobody ate the Milky Ways. That was just like, come on, what are you doing? Why yeah. you give me those?
1: Um,
0: <laughs> see,
1: I ate, see, I ate Milky Ways so. though. See, but i hate not was, hating on you yeah. They're like Snickers without the peanuts. So what what
2: them else anyways. do
1: you got? Um,
2: Second would be Snickers. Um, You know, Kit Kat bar, especially, you know, Chance, Lil' Run. He, I'll give him that. I like this commercials, too. For sure. And then Reese's Puffs, you know. Wow. You know, after a long day's work, got to pop those Reese's Puffs out of the refrigerator. That is the, the best candy 30 minutes in the refrigerator.
1: Someone did say Reese's to us earlier and was, again, very upset with us. I think it was actually Colleen, Chris, guest of the pod, Colleen, (laughs) who said, like, no Reese's were mentioned?
0: Yeah, she – oh, she was livid that Reese's didn't (laughs) make the board. I I will – I do want to clarify for the listeners at home here. So when you say Reese's Puffs, are you referring to the cereal or are you referring to, like, Reese's P.C.s?
1: Or Lil' Reese and them.
2: (laughs) them. (laughs) All the above, all the smoke. So, yes. Um – Reese's, of course, to answer the question, but Reese's Puff. Shout out to Colleen. You know, there may be people that might eat the cereal on Halloween. So I'm not going to throw shade.
1: What about Conchocula? That's another good Halloween cereal. <laughs> Super spooky. He's a. You know what? Boy.
2: I would, but I was that kid that was a little freaked out by him as a kid. You know, he came, his commercials gave me the auto vibe.
1: Yeah, he's he does. Yeah. He's
2: a little bit too spooky.
1: He looks like he's also. He wears that big cloak, and after that episode with yes. Laris you never know what goes on under a cloak. Yes, he he definitely hides in the shadows. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But let's get into this, Chris. Are you ready to rock? Get into some yeah, uh, let's coverage. Let's let's talk about the first point here. Uh, Talia, who you rightfully said was a spy from day one, um, it looks like she is was using signals that the king is dead with some candle action.
0: Yeah, so I was wondering, it seemed like there was already some groundwork laid for an action plan when the king died. I, I think Missaria is maybe a few steps ahead of the game here. Because first of all, I, I, if I had to guess, you know what we know from Game of Thrones, if it's not a non death, it probably didn't happen. So that lair is burning down her brothel or whatever. I'm assuming that she wasn't in there. So she might have been one step ahead of the game with that. And now if she had already planned on her spies not being able to make it back once the king dies, yeah. the only way that she would have been able to have that foresight is if she predicted that Aegon would be named the heir or someone other than Rhaenyra, right?
1: Yeah.
0: So I, I, I think I think we're we going to have to start giving Missery a little bit, bit more credit. Of course, this might be confirmed in the next episode, but I, I do think she's going to be playing Puppet Master a lot more than we think.
1: I totally agree, but also, they're going to be giving her more screen time, so it'll be easier for us to give her more credit, that's for sure. And two things I'll say that she benefited from sort of knowing that ahead of time and getting her hands on Aegon. One, she got a big old bag of money, a little bit of gold from the Hand of the King for it, and two, she got that child ring that she didn't like canceled, so...
2: That play mm-hmm. by
1: her got her two nice things and of course she avoided the Lair's hit, you know, guaranteed.
2: Curtis,
0: what do you think? I mean, where where do you stand on Maseria right now? Are you in? Are you are you out?
2: What's your thoughts on the white woman? Um I like her. Uh I, I just think I think this was the perfect episode to set the stage, really, you know. Yeah, I uh really liked her character. I think she pretty much kept the audience in tang entertained, to say the least.
1: Yeah, I like what they're doing with her. I think that it's like, you know, with everything else with the show, they have a lot more um, leeway to create these characters, and I think now that the show is sort of caught up to where it needs to be, it's going to be, uh, they'll be getting more screen time. You know what I mean? All those time hops. Uh, yeah. Moving sure. along, Chris, a few important things mentioned early at the small council meeting. One, the treasury uh, is divided.
0: Yeah, so uh, there's, at that small council meeting that was called in the middle of the night to announce Viserys' death. There were a lot of important things that were mentioned, but definitely breezed over. Because, I I mean, I didn't even recognize it on the first time that I watched, but then I rewatched with subtitles on and, um, like, actually very important things that I know are going to come into play later on. But um, during this this conversation, I believe it was uh, either Lannister or the Iron Rod that said the treasury was... uh, divided for safekeeping, meaning some of it's staying in King's Landing, some of it's going to High Garden, some of it's going to uh, Old Town, some of it's going to Lannisport. So all this all this stuff's being split up in the case that if you know war comes, if King's Landing gets captured or Lannisport or Castle Locker or whatever, the whole treasury doesn't end up in one person's hands and the war can still go on. So that that's kind of a big point that I think was glossed over. Another one that they mentioned was that um, two of the city watch captains remain loyal to Daemon and they have to depose them, which if, if what we know about people who are loyal to Daemon and then also Myceria kind of being at odds with this green council here, I think that those two captains might see this coming um, before before they end up being deposed. And yeah. then third point here, Lannister mentioned Storm's End almost immediately, Uh, The reason for that is that's the closest to King's Landing and whoever gets them to be the ally first, whether it's the greens or the blacks is going to have an advantage as far as this, what they think now is a short-term, short-term war. So I'm assuming in next episode, I'm pretty sure. I mean, we'll get to the preview later on, but Storm's End does come into play very quickly. And then they also mentioned River Run and Highgarden as well, which, you know, it just gets me excited because we talked about this before, with it being such a small setting and based in King's Landing. Now we're gonna start seeing more locations. It's gonna be we're more, going
1: yes, gonna be more Game of Thrones. esque the expansion is yeah, beginning exactly. um, in the history and lore. I think you know when we saw Jace in the preview for next episode say like, you know, send us clearly. J- jace is saying like send us as and you know envoys when they get sent they're going to be going to the north to the you know to the westlands to the to the stormlands the crownlands they're going to go everywhere to try to gain support for raniera and i'm ready for it to expand i like that it was focused on these main players but i think it's time we get the other houses in because it's the world of westeros that makes westeros so special
2: i agree the cinematography in my taste as a fan i look forward to you know just seeing the backgrounds you know it's like a lot of beautiful structures it's amazing makes you want to like visit these structures I know. If they exist to what capacity no me
0: yeah, too 100 percent. the settings drag you into the world and I, I think that i think that immersive part of the setting is is really what keeps people um, intertwined but could you imagine like all those locations with the time jumps too there would just be way too much going on i think they, yeah i think that by necessity they needed to follow these characters pretty closely
1: Totally agree, and I think uh, another thing I wanted to talk about is what's up with Kristen Cole murdering people and getting zero consequences. <laughs> he killed Joffrey at the wedding. Never comes up again. It was like, yeah, it's fine. He 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 put he sat Beesbury down to death. He's dead. What's going on with that?
0: Yeah, I'm I'm pretty sure like in that melee in the first episode, he he might have murdered someone else too. Probably. <laughs> You know he 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 is I think he's the person that o j scared of running into in l a yeah because he's yes. gonna kill
1: him somehow on accident or on purpose. It doesn't matter which way <laughs> i the beesbury death still I can't get over i watched i rewatched my episode today so that I could prepare for this, and like he's like, sit down, and then beesbury's like sits down, his head snaps forward, it hits like that ball, you know on like the yeah, the small council marble, marble yeah. and it's like that killed him. <laughs> yeah and to chris's point
2: um the only reason why i can recall you know who was speaking it was lannister by the way was because he comes out of nowhere and you know sir Kristen, the hothead he is sit down you know it just kills this man and it's just like dude what are you doing sometime yeah like
0: yeah, Lannister got up and, like, moved out of the way when after that happened, which was pretty funny. And yeah. then as soon as it was over, he, like, slides back in and sits down. Well, the <laughs>
1: reason he got out of the way was because Harold, Sir Harold Westerling drew a sword on Kristin right. Cole. And then Harold Westerling throws smoke at the Greens and walks out. Fine. They don't stop him. I saw a lot of crossover of, like this is how they do right after the other show fucked up Barristan saw me. And I was like, but that doesn't mean you have to be devoid of fucking logic here. What are they doing yeah. with Harold Westerling, Chris?
0: I, I, That's that's a question that I'm interested to see how they handle it moving forward. I, in, in the books, like I mentioned on last episode, he's dead by this point. And they don't really even mention too much about him in Fire and Blood, other than the fact that he was Lord Commander before and Cole. So I, I honestly don't know what they plan on doing with him. He has to come back into the picture at some point yeah. in time because you, you can't just like leave that situation and, and just not ever come back up.
1: right? Curtis, as someone watching the show, when you see the Greens, you know, massacring Lords who don't bend the knee and talking about potentially ordering a hit on Rhaenyra, when a guy like Westerling just walks out, does that sort of get in your mind? Like, does that doesn't make any sense, does it, from your perspective?
2: Well, yeah. Yeah. Um you know, exactly piggybacking off Chris's point, you know, in this world or, you know, being in uh, a body of kings and queens, you need law and order. And he may not have the top voice. He may not be, you know, the person that hears the whispers, but he plays an important role. And, you know, everything has a purpose, like a, a good football team. You know, he you know, he stops Sir Christopher for doing something. You know, even more stupid. Um, and just to see him walk away is also symbolic of you know King Viserys is really dead. You know, and that was kind of a sad moment too. You know, cause
1: yeah. he's he's kind of an old King. head. Yeah. I don't know if
2: you could say that. And he's like, I, 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 I'm not about this.
1: Yeah, there was a lot of weird. I think decisions. I, I think that the more I think about that episode, I really liked it. But there's some stuff that sort of affected me. That was one of them. And then Rainey's not pulling the trigger on the Greens. I mean, in that scenario, she knows that she essentially just declared war. And she also knows that now the Greens see her as a threat forever. So it's like, why not kill the people who see you as a threat?
0: <sighs> I it, it was kind of baffling to me as well. The I think the thing that we benefit from as viewers is that, obviously, there would be no show if, if the war didn't happen. Right. Right. So, even if you didn't read Fire and Blood, you understand that this show is about the war, the dance of the Dragons. I don't think we gotta we gotta just assume that Rainey's is kind of holding back because she does not wanna start a full out war right if if she were to do that, she would like you gotta think that the, the High still have a lot of their power at High Tower in Old Town, yeah, um, the Lannisters do as well. I think Lannister was up on that dais or either way, he supports that Green council um you have like all these other people that would then just be like all right you just torched what is allegedly the rightful heir to the throne and so there would be a lot of repercussions to that so again i think we have the benefit of knowing what's going to happen and we know that it would have probably led to shorter losses if she just did that there but in in her spot i think that she doesn't want to be a kinslayer and she doesn't want to start all that war.
1: Maybe. Yeah, I don't know, man. It's just my issue with it is that it's sort of like what they used to say about Mance Raider, Like, well, if we kill Mance Raider, all these tribes will just be at each other's throats. And it's like, if she burns everyone on that dais, I feel like the following houses will be like, oh, we don't know what the fuck to do. And then Rhaenyra just sort of steps right in. And it's like... I mean, Allison's whole house essentially is wiped out at that point. Obviously, not the whole Hightower house, but everyone who is the power structure in King's Landing, you know. And it's like who who do they have? And it's like you have
0: your boy Herbert, uh, Hobart or whatever, and you have Darren back there at Hightower with the dragons.
1: That's a lot less of a threat though, because now Vagar's free for one of you know Damon's girls and or one of their kids with Rhaenyra, Joffrey, or Viserys and uh, Aegon. It's like that decision would have. Saved a lot of lives, and she already murdered a shit ton of small folk, <laughs> bursting through that floor, you know. Yeah. Um, Rhaenys's armor. What the? Where did she find it? Was it under a cloak? Was it just there? Was it on the the dragon?
0: I think I I am gonna have to assume that she flew to King's Landing originally when when Vaemon showed up and all that. For sure. So when she flew, maybe that's just, like, her flying outfit, or maybe she wore it, like, to show up and show uh, some sort of strength. So I I would just, I would have to, I just just have to guess and fill in this plot hole that the armor just wasn't, like, hanging out down there. Like, she brought that when she came. But uh, but Curtis, did you have any thoughts on Rainey's decision? Um, Anything in that scene? I mean, that was probably, like, the cool penultimate scene of the episode, so...
2: What were your thoughts on that? Yeah, a uh, very powerful scene. Uh, you touched upon some great points that I think mostly hit with me. But, you know, part of your vast audience you have, I would love to hear one side. And that's things like her as a mother and, you know, the experiences that led up to that moment. We don't need to get into all the details, but we can all feel for it. We know how wow she could she could really use a win and i'm like yeah go ahead girl you got that dragon i just think in that moment the conversation that led up to that was a very powerful conversation uh with allison and saying like i kind of called you out but then we came to this moment like oh you you actually kind of grown you grew up a little bit and i respect that and the scene kind of ended it, so leading to that, I just feel she could have done that small d and yes, saved a lot of lives, but in the grand scheme, mother to mother, I don't think she wanted to live with that and in that ending that way.
1: Yeah. I, don't I know. can see that. I, That's actually what
0: the actress said, too, mentioned the mother to mother aspect on the behind the scenes.
1: Yeah. <laughs> But I also so. think that speaks to the society that they live in where, like, she probably killed a bunch of small folk mothers. And they're kind of like, oh, uh, fucking, <laughs> yeah. who fucking cares? Children. Yeah. yeah.
2: That tail, like well, how long the CGI made that tail. Yeah. I was like, a tail is like the length of a football field. <laughs> yeah.
1: And just quick, I want to mention that all this action that we saw throughout the city is potentially a setup for the proposed Flea Bottom series, which is really cool. All, another one of the In Development Thrones shows. Uh-huh. yeah
0: we we discussed this in one of our earlier episodes the one where Reneer and Damon had their little night out down the town
1: oh simpler times they're
0: they're, they're really building out this this flea bottom world or basically King's landing outside of the Red keep and we you know we were talking about small folk dying. I mean it's gonna be very interesting and probably very tragic to actually fall in love with characters from Flea bottom and then have them just get absolutely shat on and can't do anything about it from, from the people up top. And it's gonna be an interesting take on what we're used to in the Game of Thrones world, but I think it will be a refreshing take, and I'm, I'm actually, it's one of the ones that I'm more uh, interested in seeing how it's gonna turn out.
1: I agree, I think a lot of the show is told through the perspective of lords and ladies and you know, higher high-born high people. And it's usually like, oh, I was highborn, but now my enemy is the king. And it's like, we're still, you know, they're all born and then it's their wars are actually dragging the small folk in, into yeah. it, you know, which I think is uh, something to uh, that I would think. In like, real said, life, dude, yeah. the
0: politicians, we the, the citizens die, the politicians sit on their chairs. <laughs> uh,
1: yes, yeah. yeah, sit on their chairs and sometimes on, on each other's faces. <laughs> um, which honestly needs to be discussed more about politics because they're all criminals. <laughs> um, let's talk about uh, the conversation between Laris and Otto. Does Otto know something else is going on with Laris? Does he know dude, he's jagged it to those feet,
0: dude? It seems like he's a little sus suspect of something. Um, I think in that conversation, he looked like Otto looked like he was kind of threatening when he first asked, like, "Oh, you've been spending a lot of time with Alice." He always now.
2: looks like that. Yeah, like his million dollar facial expression, yeah. you know, like he's just staring at him like, Good man. <laughs>
1: like, <laughs> Otto has resting threat face. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah.
2: So I
0: don't, but then, but then, like, well, I guess Laris is permanently creepy. So I, I can't really get a read on him either. But when he said there's no reason why that time couldn't benefit both of you, that sounded even like knowing what we know about the foot scene coming up. I, I kind of just like looked at that in a completely different light. I mean, Dude, I saw... I mean, do you guys want to
2: see the same thing? He has zero loyalty. Yeah.
1: Spoiler alert, I saw a spoiler for episode 10, and there is a scene where Laris beats off to Otto's feet. It's it's rough. <laughs> they said it's 25 minutes of an hour-long episode. I was like, that's way too long. That's way too long. Uh, but uh, much like the Kristen Cole scene with Rhaenyra, Chris, we discussed this, I really want to know, does Laris just ejaculate into his britches or do you think he does like an air raid offense or do you think he's like can i uh, (laughs) or you know just out just lets it rip or do you think he asks to like be like hey the feet in play or is that what do you think chris based on your experience reading the books
0: so based on my experience reading the books (laughs) i have no thoughts on that because it wasn't in there however based on my experience in real life I think what, I think what his uh <laughs> tactic was was to get started with that material and then like you know once he's you know reaching climax he would go in one of his like little uh you know closet chambers that he gets in and out of rooms from and then and then you know Dude I don't know man with,
1: with that club foot the amount of time it would take <laughs> to get over there it's just like at that point he's probably lost it but I don't I don't know I wish the show the show did all these time jumps. I wish they had more time to, to show us these things. Chris, what's the significance of a gold dragon? What would you say is the significance of the gold dragon?
0: So when I, when I was listening to our pod during my transit time earlier this week, um, I realized that we talked about the gold dragon being there and Otto and, and the Green Council having time to kind of develop these banners and tapestries with the gold dragon, but we didn't explain what the significance of that gold dragon sigil is. And the gold dragon is Aegon's house arms, essentially, oh. and they're intentionally in contrast to Rhaenyra's, which is at this point is the traditional Targaryen arms. It's a red dra- red three headed dragon on the black field. It does change later on when they formally separate into the Greens and Blacks. You know, I don't know that that's much of a spoiler, but I don't think I'll cover that right now. But the gold dragon is Aegon's, basically saying. I'm legitimate. I'm gold. I've got the hair. Mernier's um, sons don't have it. So that that's the significance. And the fact that it was b- busted out so quickly just goes to the point that Otto and those guys have planned to have this happen for a long time. If they already have banners up and tapestries and clothes with Aegon wearing the gold dragon, um, stuff's been happening for a long time.
1: Chris, really quick, do me a favor. Compare and contrast the Greens' coup uh, and the coronation of Aegon in the show to *Fire and Blood*. Just give us some boiler points, some quick what what's yeah. the differences.
0: The, the biggest difference is going to be Beesbury's death, right? And we won't spend too much time on it now because we went through it uh, earlier today. Kristen and Cole all this slits
1: stuff. his throat in the books, which is super fucking dope. Kristen Cole slits his
0: throat. And it, I mean, it, it, whatever, it's it, it, it's still that's not the point. The point is he fucking intentionally decided to spill blood for Aegon's claim. Right. And the fact that in the fact that that major plot point that that there's no turning back is not in the show, I think, is a major miss on their mm. part. Um, and, and definitely something that leaves maybe redemption later on for Chris and Cole's character arc. I don't know what the point of changing that was. But they also took a blood oath. The Green Council members that were there ended up taking a blood oath saying that they would never, basically there's no turning back. They're all in this together and they're not going to say anything about Beesbury's death. Aegon himself was not missing from the Red Keep. According, you know, there's different sources, but he wasn't missing. Uh, But he still didn't want the crown. He thought that he was stealing it from his, his sister, stepsister, which he was not a fan of. However, Otto kept things on the hush for about seven or eight days I think maybe even nine days while he's planning all this out he's sending ravens to get allies and all this before the blacks even know anything's happening and then that's when Aegon gets impatient and he's like if I'm king name me king so it's a much more drawn out process but Aegon does get to the eventual state of where we saw him on the dais, where he's pumped to be king and then Alyssa and Otto are on the same page from the beginning so I actually like how they're how they're doing it in the show a little bit better because um, in the in Fire and Blood, it is pretty black and white that Alison and Otto are, are scheming and just on the same page, trying to take shit from Anira. And last point that was different is Raines was not present at King's Landing during this time. There is none of that um, melee's breaking through the floor and killing hundreds of people.
1: Oh wow. I think they felt like they had to add action, you know, or else it would have been like a boring, the ninth episode's known as the penultimate usually. I think next episode's going to be the bigger one. Curtis, what'd you think?
2: Yeah, I thought it was, I personally feel it was the needed amount of action. Um, There's, I guess one of the points I wanted to mention earlier uh, is there's so many characters that you still are trying to track. And follow like the meeting itself like it's it sometimes can be hard you know why no notes are important to even keep track who's at the table so this is her this is her you know like executive branch and keep track of everyone's name up that person's dead up so christy killed that person you know so i think i think the layering um of of this is right where it needs to be i think my personal opinion the, the dragons are in the more let's say non hostile hand, I think that's good. Team Black, they, they control the dragons, right?
1: Both well, um,
0: sides got some have some dragons though. eamon has got he, Vagar,
1: and Vagar's a hitter. And Vagar, okay. is, he's got hitters here, Vagar, here, and over there.
0: Sunfire, Dreamfire are on the green side right now, and Cesarean, but he hasn't been introduced yet.
1: Is he Dare on the Daring's dragon? Yeah, mm-hmm. that makes sense. Chris, quick uh, thing that we found out, which we loved: the lady at the brothel on the Street of Silk was actually Fabian Frankel, who plays Kristen Cole's acting teacher. Yeah, that
0: had to be awkward, right? You think she was like, "Dude, why are you such a potty bitch throughout this whole show?"
1: Well, she says to Ament, "Like, my, how you've grown." She probably said the same thing to Chris to Fabian. She's like, "You, you, you're a strapping young man now."
0: <laughs> he, she, he did mention in the in the house that the dragon built that it was awkward. And he he was kind of like oh why did why did she have to get hired for this you know? yeah. he but so
1: did... he is a hot guy babe right he's an HGB but does his personality ruin it for the masses and I would have to say probably right
0: are we talking Kristen Cole or are we talking Fabian
1: I'm talking Kristen Cole Fabian is uh, he's fade on sight
0: I mean if you are a if you are a clingy lady he's perfect for you. You know, you hook up once, he's not going anywhere.
1: What about his misogyny, though? Some people do turn a blind eye to a lot, you know, in, in these but worlds. I mean, that's true. <laughs> and then uh, the Grand Sept that Aegon was found in was different than the Grand Sept of Baylor.
0: I I was confused at first. Remember when we were watching and I asked you, I was like, is that the Grand Sept? Because it, I didn't recognize it. But of course I didn't recognize it because Baylor didn't exist at the time of this House of the Dragons show. So uh, Baylor the Blessed was king, I believe, in like 190 AC. And what we're watching is approximately 120 to 130 um, AC. So, yeah, of course, the Grand Sup to Baylor didn't exist. So that's why they had a fresh look. They took a fresh look at the Grand Sup. So I thought it was cool. I, again, level of detail.
1: Yeah, how, like the fact that they know that's a good sign because you definitely don't want to, you know, if, if they're you know not paying attention, I think that's an easy thing that you can fuck up, even from a production standpoint. You know what I mean? You have to have the history up to Game of Thrones, not just, oh, this is House of the Dragon. We know the players here. You know what I mean? So let's talk about COVID-19. Uh, um, the COVID restrictions, um, you know, obviously on the set, they filmed this during the height of COVID. So going forward, it should be easier for them. But they had to use a lot of CGI like extras in a sense.
0: Yeah, I, di- I didn't recognize this. So in the coronation scene, when Aegon's first walking in, the the guardsmen were lining up with the swords, and you can see it looked like over a hundred of them lined up. But in in the actual filming, there are about twenty four of them, and they just like doubled them or tripled them CG.
1: And so I wonder if and, they got paid they, double.
0: They should. They should. <laughs> that's that's images and likenesses, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, for sure. And then the the entire crowd. I mean, it looked like we saw thousands of people in the dragon pit. And they were limited to I think like 120 or something like wow. that. So I couldn't even really tell. On my on my second watch, I kind of looked closer, but I could only really tell when the when Melees popped up from the ground, which you would assume that it's going to be CG anyways. Yeah. So I think they did a pretty good job
1: with uh, it. it. It's like when you're playing like Madden or like MLB the Show, and it says like a pan of the crowd, and it's like all the same people but in different colored shirts, and you're like, wait <laughs> wait a second here, wait a second. <laughs> Um. Yeah. It was very interesting. All right. So before we get into our game of Would You Rather, uh, Curtis, we kick it to you. No pressure. You don't have to have any. Do you have any questions for us? A Q and A. Anything you want to ask us about House of the Dragon, our personal lives, our credit card numbers, anything?
2: <laughs> uh, just one closing. You know, kind of comment. And please feel free uh, to chime in. Uh, Agon, I I feel w- one of the topics. That I, I wanted to see what you guys thought about, which I love the most about Game of Thrones. When you fall in love with any show is the thing that speaks the most to me is certain characters that know who they are. The Hound, that's who he was. He knew that's who he was. Like, take him or leave it. Uh, Jamie Lannister, that's who he was. Um, Aegon is... You know, Chris can help me out. I don't know how old he is. I'm going to say maybe the earliest of teen, 20. Mm -hmm. He, I think what's coming out in, you know, some of the early works we talked about, he knows who he is. You know, that, that quote that probably a few can probably memorize in episode nine was so powerful. Like, hey, you know, my brother's a ninwick if he doesn't want to do it he says he does it I, i'll take the opportunity yeah. you know i study and i was like man go ahead like he knows he knows his lane and i like that about him
0: so to clarify are you saying are you saying that aegon like the king who doesn't want to be king knows his name or aemon his brother who wants to be king the one with-
2: i'm sorry
1: no Aemond. you're good
2: yeah
0: Terrible with
1: names. No, you're great. That's right, though. Amon One Eye definitely, like he, yes, he lost an eye, but he gained a lot of insight. I feel like <laughs> into who he is, and he knows for sure that he he deserves to be uh, on that seat. Which, if that's it, that brings us to our final segment, which is Would You Rather. We're gonna we're we're in high school. We're playing a game of Would You Rather. We're just drinking in our parents' basement, and it's gonna get fun and wacky. Um, does, uh, I'll go first. I'll go first. I got a, a simple one. Would you rather? This is for both of you. Duel Damon or duel Amon?
2: Curtis, you can lead us off with that. Amon all day. I'm Aemond not. I'm day. not fucking around with Damon.
1: Crit? Yeah, I,
0: I I agree. Damon has more actual fighting experience. Amon has never been in a real fight before. He's never killed anyone. Awesome. And and Damon has dark sister as well. So Valyrian steel versus regular steel. I got to take the regular steel.
1: Damn. Damn. Good point. Good point. You got to take the Valyrian steel. I appreciate that. Well, uh, if I had
0: it, yeah. But if I was choosing who to fight, I'm going oh, regular Oh,
1: smart man. Now, my final would you rather for you guys. This is a good one. Would you rather lick Viserys' gaping eye hole? And I mean, and I mean for a while. like You really got to give it its due diligence. Or would you rather let Larys beat off to your feet? Same pose as Allison. You got to either really lick that eye hole or let Larys... You have to sit where she was sitting. He's sitting where he was sitting. Again, we don't know how he he ejaculates. That's, I guess, open for interpretation. But those are the those are the. Please, God, I'll let you lead, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta, I'm, st- <laughs> Chris. Please, this is important.
2: Um,
0: so I. I, I... Do I get information from Lers, or is this just a it's just straightforward? More no, yeah, you get scenario. the information.
1: It'll be the same situation as Al's. Oh, okay, right?
0: yeah, I'm, I'm getting. If I'm getting something out of it, I'm getting nothing from the eye hole. It's gonna die soon, so I'm going.
1: Well, oh, okay, going but but when you lick the eye hole, you can interpret what he says in any way and like take the throne.
0: <laughs> that's true. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I think I gotta go with the no contact scenario, and that would be Larys. We don't know if it's no
1: contact at the end, though. So I guess that's for 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 the guests, for the people listening. You get to picture what happens when Chris and Laris are together. Curtis, your choice: eye hole or showing Laris them toes. Uh, I'm half of let them see my pretty feet. Yeah, (laughs) eye hole freaked me out. (laughs) It's probably the right choice. All right, that's all I had. You guys can go.
0: TV. All right. I will. I'll go next. Would you rather have be basically burned alive by a Targaryen funeral only only you're alive like like Lena? Yeah. Or or be burned in Harrenhal like uh, Herman Strong? And his father were by Leras.
1: No, nah, you got to take the the Viking the the Dragon Fire. I feel like I feel like Lair I feel like Harwin was cooking for a minute. You know what I mean? And, yeah, he probably got trapped and smoked yeah, out. I think they were they were really feeling it. I feel like the Dragon Blast, you're gone like ASAP. Like it's on sight almost it's on contact. I think you become ash like so quickly.
2: Curtis. Um. You know watching a lot of those scenes i feel like it's not the same i will go with the fire i feel like it's quick death you know you it'll be you wouldn't feel a thing you're just you're just evap- you're done
1: yeah the done dragon so. turns yeah. you into, into
2: yeah, a heart cloud
1: yeah
0: okay okay fair fair all right if you were to pick another way to die i'm being very morbid today yeah jesus <laughs> mine were
1: about today. fun things uh uh-huh.
0: So, would you rather be nailed to, like, a, a stake by the crab feeder or eaten by a dragon?
2: Oh, nailed.
1: I want to be eaten by a dragon. Because I always was a piece of shit. <laughs> and then the dragon's <laughs> going to shit me out, you know?
2: That's a good one, Chris. I feel nailed because it's, you know, Game of Thrones, I feel Nell would be like, well, at least I'll be re- remember going out with a bang, you know, with some honor, pride.
1: I want to be know. eaten.
0: Yeah, I, I think, I think if you get nailed, you're like you're dying of of hunger and thirst. So it'd be a little, dra- it'd be dragged out.
1: But it'd be with dramatic eating, though. though.
0: With the eating though, you're getting, I mean, you're getting eaten, so that's not, that's not fun.
1: If a dragon swallows you whole, you'd be like alive in his belly. Yeah,
0: yeah. No, you're not, you know, you're not getting swallowed whole. You're getting, you're getting eat you're getting chewed up
1: all right well I mean I'll take that I think that'd be I feel like that'd be an epic way to go out so I'd take that Curtis do you have any would you rathers yes uh mine
2: would be uh the category of pride um I'll stick to episode nine would you the auto scenario scene would you stand on your word and your honor and not take a, a knee or Oh, interesting. And here's the twist, right? You know, sometimes the scenes are everything. We only saw one guy get hanged. So you don't know if the other people died yet. And I thought that was really interesting.
1: I'm going to be perfectly honest. Maybe they had to I'm going to be perfectly honest about my choice here. I watched Game of Thrones, watched the show, love House Stark. I love their honor. I would kneel. I would have kneeled, would have knelt down. Because if you live to see another day, you punt, then you can get back home. You don't even have to rush out of King's Landing. Like Caswell made it so obvious. Just kneel. Play it chill, and then do what you got to do.
2: Yeah, that's why the Vikings are in first place. Special teams.
1: That's it. Special teams. The punter are <laughs> a seventy-three yarder. Chris,
0: I one hundred percent agree. There's no point in forfeiting your life. Like I get, I get the whole honor thing, but you know, live to fight another day. Take a knee there. Pull a you know, pull a uh, whatever house fray and just like go back on your word. The Freys have been around for a long time. They've they've been going back on their words since Like a now. fucking
1: cockroach, the phrase will survive anything. Um, <laughs> but we are just about out of time, guys. So I'm going to kick it to Chris. Chris, you want to do a little wrap up here? Um.
0: Uh, yeah. I just. Yeah. This this was fun. I have more. Would you rather's? But do we, we'll
1: do them. Rip off them. Off <laughs> line. No. Rip it.
0: Well, okay. Well, this this one's just kind of dumb. But uh, would you? Would you rather have Laris suck your toes or... Yeah. Who's, like, actually your uncle in real life, start hitting on you and sexually abuse you?
1: You know, um... (laughs) Yeah, we all just me and Curtis just stared at Chris for a good ten <laughs> seconds. I mean, I'm gonna be honest with you, Chris. That's a good one. It's a tough one. <laughs> I, honestly, I think either way, it's you're you're kind of getting abused a little bit. I mean, I That's think Damon tough, and Rani- yes. and Rhaenyra Rani- <laughs> was a bit more consensual, you know. So if I'm having a creepy guy gobble up my feet, or if I am am I, am having let's say aunt instead of uncle, my aunt Damana you know, she takes me <laughs> to the brothel, and I'm a Targaryen, sure, all day long. 'Cause remember Reneira got blue ball in that scene. Not the mm-hmm. other way around.
0: Yeah. true. Curtis?
2: I, I will have to agree with Sheedy. Yeah. That guy's he's into feet a little bit too much. I don't want to know behind the scenes.
1: Again, it's perfectly normal. Uh but yeah, no, that was <laughs> a good positive. one, Chris. Sex positive. Uh, so sex all right,
2: well, we'll we'll wrap it up on that. Um
0: again, we appreciate you guys tuning in. Curtis, thank you. Thank you, guys. Appreciate
1: it. No, for sure
0: awesome well um please like share subscribe and get ready for the finale because it's going to be a good one
1: it's coming in hot yeah thank you guys for listening and uh alison hit me up would you rather go to dinner or a movie